Hello and welcome back to the Body Talk podcast. I'm your host, Richard Newman, and we'll be sharing with you simple strategies to get more of the results and respect that you deserve in day-to-day business communication. Today, I'm joined once again by Alina Jenkins. And if you didn't see her previous podcast, then do go back and check it out. It was all about virtual communication as people were getting involved with it much more as we headed into the lockdown through the pandemic for all of your Zoom meetings, WebEx, and Microsoft Teams to make sure that you're coming to life and having the right presence. But for today, we're going to be talking about visual aids, visual aids. Now, I'm sure there's all kinds of challenges that you've experienced or that you've seen when you are attending either in-person meetings or online for the way that people are using their slides. So we wanted to share with you some of the top tips uh, around this. And uh, Alina, just so that you are aware, if you didn't see the previous episode, Alina has been working at the BBC for 20 years. Uh, So she's uh, very familiar with not only speaking on camera and to a microphone, but also in her work in presenting the weather using extraordinary visual aids to take lots of scientific information and bring it to life for people who are watching internationally. So uh, Alina, over to you. I understand that it's it's quite a challenge really presenting the weather. There's no auto cue and you've got to make this data come to life. Yeah, all of those things, Richard. I mean, I often think that we are using you know, like PowerPoint on speed. It's just, you know, it's a really great example of what you can do with visual aids on weather. But you know, you're absolutely right. People don't realize, I think, that that weather presenters are some of the few people in the presentation and news world who just don't rely on autocue. We don't have it. So whenever you see a weather presenter, they are talking off the top of their head. Obviously, we will have spent some time looking at the data and the science and coming up with our narrative before we go on camera, but there is no autocue. So actually, we use our visual aids to help us remember what it is that we need to say. So it is it is an aid for us, uh, the, the super duper PowerPoint that we use. But of course, what we're really aiming for with this, Richard, is that the visual aids behind us are an aid for the audience. But yeah, I often think that being a weather presenter is a bit like patting your head and rubbing your tummy because you've got no auto cue. Uh, you've got somebody talking in your ear, giving you counts. So when it's live and they'll be saying 30 seconds, 10, 9, 8, 7 and counting you down, sometimes they'll be having a chat with someone else. So you've really kind of got to disconnect what you're hearing in your ear uh, and then think about what it is that you're saying. And of course, also as a weather presenter, you can't see the graphics behind you because it's all done um, through green screen. So there's all these things combined. Of course, you could be calm and composed and be the voice of authority. So I sometimes think that being a weather presenter is one of the hardest live broadcasting things that you have to do. Absolutely. And I think that you've mentioned as well, the other challenge that people have in business sometimes day to day is that they might prepare something where they think I'm going to speak for 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes. And they go into that meeting, whether it's virtually or or face to face. And then someone says, oh, I haven't quite got time for that. Could you just squeeze it down? Could you cut 50% of the time out? And that's happening to you uh, then to broadcast on live television. Yeah, particularly in the regions. Nationally, we tend to have a very specific duration and and very rarely does it get changed. But I started my weather presenting career in BBC regions at BBC South today, and they're always cutting your time or extending it. So I think from my perspective, and you can apply this to business as well, it's keep it simple and think, well, could I could I deliver this message in a couple of minutes? Could I deliver it in 10 minutes? What would I do if my duration got cut or equally if it got extended? So it's all about preparation, really, and also really knowing your subject matter. 
so that you know that you could deliver that key message in a very short amount of time, but equally you could expand on it if you need to. And always as well, I think we'll come back to this throughout this podcast, Richard, is don't rely on the slides because you Mm. are the presentation and those slides are just there to help your audience to bring impact to your message. And there've been times in the past that my graphics have failed because te- technology will always fail you without a doubt. You know, I've, I've done some Zoom sessions recently and I couldn't quite get my slides to work in the way that I wanted. So do not rely on them. I think many people will hide behind their slides and think, well, oh, the slides are the presentation. Absolutely not. You are the presentation and the slides are just there to bring impact to your message and to help the audience remember what your message is. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm sure that many people can remember, no matter which country you're you're listening to this from, uh, the the old days of doing the graphics and the visuals on the weather, where there was magnets that used to just fall off the wall as uh, as someone was speaking. So so we've seen in so many different ways that visual visual aids can be such a massive distraction. Uh, Now, now what would you say in day-to-day business through the work that we've both done uh, with so many clients around the world, what, what are the classic errors that people are having that are really stopping them from uh, being an engaging presenter and also making that information come to life? Yeah, I think the three biggest challenges I find, Richard, is that people just put too much on their slides. And this is possible because they want to be seen as having done a lot of work or really knowing their subject matter. So you end up with all of this data and all of this information on slides, particularly when perhaps you're in a situation where you've been told, well, actually, you can only have say 15 slides. And so you've got all this data and information that's designed for 50 slides and you just try and put it all on there. So you end up with very complicated slides, which are really difficult from an audience's perspective to navigate through. And we're not quite too sure for, as from an audience's perspective as to what it is that we should be looking at. So that's, that's challenge number one, is just putting too much on the slides. The second challenge, I think, is slightly related to that and is that we tend to use slides from a business perspective as our script. And this comes back to what I was saying just a moment ago, is that the slides should not be an aid for you. They are visual aids, but they are an aid for the audience. So just putting loads of words on there is not engaging because what happens is that the audience starts reading uh, the, the words on the slide. And of course, we read more quickly than perhaps you can speak. So you may get down to, say, bullet point number three, and the audience are already at the bottom, which means that key bits of the information are completely getting lost. So I think we rely on bullet points far too much. And the, the third the third thing, I think, is, is what, what I was just saying, is that we, we hide behind our slides, and people who don't feel comfortable presenting, particularly in a Zoom or Skype situation, is they think, right, you know, I'm just going to put the slides up, and then I'll just talk behind them. And that is not an engaging presentation. So just the, the key thing I think to take away from this podcast is just remember that you are the person with all the information. You are the person able to bring engagement to your message, not your slides. I always like to think of it, Richard, is that you are Batman and the slides are Robin. And in all the best Batman movies, Batman works alone. So don't don't rely on the <laughs> slides to bring engagement to your message. Yeah, that's right. And going back to the earlier point that you said there, if you do have all of those bullets there on the slide and suddenly someone says, oh, could, could you just cut down your time a little bit? Then you've given yourself an extra challenge of thinking, well, I put it all up there and people are expecting me to go through it. So therefore, I'll just speak really quickly to get through the information uh, more so rather than having that freedom 
if you like, if there is less words or even no words sometimes on a slide or no slide at all, you have that freedom to condense your message in real time so that you can get to where you need to be uh, as and when you want to rather than being restricted uh, by it. I did, to, just to give a funny story on this, I went to a, a business conference once where there was a guy who was presenting a bunch of slides and all he did was to turn around and say, and on this slide, and then just read everything that was behind him. At one point, about uh, there's this guy who was about in the middle of the audience. He stood up and he said, are you going to tell us anything that isn't on the slide? Because frankly, we can all read. And the presenter said, no, I'm just going to tell you the information that's on the slide. And the guy said, okay, email me. And he left, uh, which is perhaps how the rest of us felt, but we were too polite to do that. Uh, so, so to look at it from the, the other perspective, though, because I think some people hate slides or hate the idea of having to create these slides. What is, what is possible? What are we aiming for, really, by using visual aids? And what's the ultimate goal? The ultimate goal is for your message to land. This is what it's all about. It's about communication, isn't it, Richard? About making sure that your message get, gets across, that you are engaging your audience, that your audience remembers your message, and then, where appropriate, goes and takes action on your message. And if you're just faced with a with a you know, hundred slides with bullet points and complicated graphs, people are lost. They are missing key bits of the message. So this is all about engagement and making sure that your message lands. That's the most important thing. And, and if you think about it, how, how we do it from a weather perspective, very rarely do you see text on our slides. It's all very strong images. Um, of course, I mean, it's, it's weather data. But if we do put words on there, they're very simple and we tend to stick to the rule of three as well. So there might be three headlines at, at the most, because we're really aware that if you're if the audience are trying to read and you're trying to speak, is that key bits of that message are getting lost. So it's yeah, it's really important, Richard, just to focus on maximizing the engagement of your message and making sure that your audience are really listening and really remembering. That's it. And I think that's a challenge that so many people are having with all the virtual communication that we're doing these days is feeling that people have this thing called Zoom fatigue, which has now entered our vocabulary and everybody seems to know what that is, uh, where people think, well, I'm just looking at a screen every day. I'm not with people. I don't have that interaction. And so being able to be clear in the message, super engaging, flexible towards making sure that you can adapt to what, what the audience is needing in real time. That's absolutely key. And like you say, being Batman rather than Robin so that you can stand out, the message stands out rather than just hiding behind slides. Because I think that certainly a lot of Zoom fatigue is coming from, here we go, everybody. Here's a slide deck. And it takes you hours to create it. It takes them moments to stop listening and do their emails. Uh, so we certainly want to make sure that messages are standing out. So, so let's get into that. What can we do? Some, some quick and simple things that people can use to approach their next meeting to make sure that they're getting more engagement from the audience, their key messages are standing out, and those visual aids truly are an aid to the audience and to the message. What, what do we do? Well, the first thing is to come back to a point which we often make, Richard, which is it's not what you want to say. It's what your audience needs to hear. So first of all, you need to think about what does the audience need to hear? But with that in mind, you need to start with your story. What's your narrative? I think often what happens is that the first thing we do is we flip up, open the laptop or open up the PC and start working on our slide deck. Now, I would never do that at, at, at the BBC when I'm working um, as, as a weather presenter. The first thing we do is we listen to a briefing and we get the science and we get the data and the facts. 
And then we start to build our narrative. We say, well, what's the story? How are we going to connect this with the audience? How do we engage with our audience? And once we've got the narrative, then we start to look at our, our slides, if you like, our, our weather graphics and say, well, how can I best tell those story, that story using the graphics that I've got? What are the key things that I want to highlight? So you, we could, if you want to just go in, we've got what we call library shows. We could just go in and, and do the weather. That would soon become very boring to make it engaging. And particularly as, as I speak, there's Storm Alex over Northern France, which is impacting the Southern half of the UK. And so our focus needs to be on that and telling the story and explain what the impacts are using those using the slides but the narrative has to come first and then we build the slides and I think that's the mistake that so many people make so start with the story also as well yes. Richard it's about keeping it simple so mm. even if I've got a very complex story to tell I will think let's just keep this simple actually let me just spend longer on one slide rather than trying to do a hundred well I actually wouldn't have time to have a hundred different sections in my weather forecast but you know to have 10 rather than 20 segments in my weather section just so that so that, so that you keep it simple because I think we overcomplicate yeah. things don't we yeah absolutely I mean if you compare what, what you're doing day to day to what we see so many times where people feel the need to if they've done lots of homework to, to show their client the stakeholders their manager perhaps all that homework and just pop that up on the slide go here's all the background information Information. Here's the, the proof, the graphics, the data. And I mean, just imagine if we turned on the evening news and the weather comes on and they say, look, here's all the complex science goes behind all of this. Uh, we just stop listening immediately. It just wouldn't make any sense. And, and equally, I, I mean, I was, I was laughing at uh, you know, how you were saying you put the, the weather together that imagine if you did just start with the, the visual aids and thought, oh, I, I quite like to put a bit of sunshine up here, but there's some clouds. Let's have a weather front coming in. That, that'll that be good because I do need some slides behind me. I mean, it would just be ridiculous. We know that nobody would do that as a professional uh, presenter, but yet we see that every day. Someone thinks, I've got to speak at a meeting tomorrow. Client's going to be there. Open up the laptop and just create some slides so I have some stuff. Rather than, as you say, starting off with what is the story. And to come back to that other point that you made uh, about you know keeping it simple and sometimes just staying on one message. Uh, this, is, this is so key where if you look at, uh, it's the late, great Ken Robinson, who's the number one one TED talker of all time with something like 90 million views of his uh, different videos. And he does that whole thing in such an engaging way without a single visual aid, just sticking down to, you know, one key message. I think his first talk was on uh, how schools kill creativity and he just riffs around that for a while. And so being able to get clear about what that message is, I think is key. And th this also touches on one other point, uh, which is that I often hear people saying, how many slides should you have per minute? Which is completely the wrong way to think about visual aids. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. You don't go, okay, seven slides per minute. Let's just bash these out and that'll be fine. It's a matter of, as you said there, create the story and then think, well, uh, what do I need visually that is going to tell uh, that story? Uh, because, you know, to come back to your example there of Storm Alex, if you thought, well, I have to have eight visuals going on every 30 seconds, but the story is Storm Alex, that's not going to work. So you've got to figure out, figure out that's the story, what visuals help the story, whether that's a lot of slides 
or not very many. I mean, sometimes I, I've actually done it where I had a 30 minute presentation and I looked down and I thought, I have 80 slides. Can that be, can that be right? And I thought, oh yeah, I'm going to hit people with so many different examples, 10 seconds on this, 10 seconds on this, because it was a very quick and easy point to make. Uh, whereas I've also done some where I have three slides maybe in, in half an hour. Great. So, okay, we're going to keep it simple. We're going to start off with the story in mind. What is the story you're telling and visuals that will help? Uh, so what's next? What else can we do? Well, actually, I just want to come back to what you were saying there about do you even need slides? And some of my most favourite weather forecasts have been where the technology failed and I sat on the sofa and said, I haven't got the slides. I'm just going to tell you the forecast. And I loved right. it. It was great. I was just telling the story. I was using the language. And, and when I finished, everybody said, I still I still got the point of your story. I knew exactly yeah. what was happening, even though I couldn't see the slides. And when we do outside broadcasts, of course, we can't see the graphics at all. And I love doing those too. It's a little bit tricky because you have to listen to the gallery and they say, like, we're now playing this slide. And, and so you have to, you know, again, it's patting your head and rubbing your tummy. But from a presenter's perspective, I love it. I kind of feel the freedom of, well, do you know what? I haven't got the slides. So I'm just going to tell you a story. Um, mm. But then I think that now leads me, Rich, to, to my third point of how we, how we can do this more effectively is really think about the slides that you're using. And both you and I know that we, we very, very rarely use words or text in any of our body talk slides. And it's this idea of using images and not just, not just any old random image. I'm not talking about putting some pretty clip art up clip art on you because that doesn't work either <laughs> yeah but relevant images that connect to your message and you're just saying there about you know some of you had have 80 slides but you're going bang 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 and making lots of points if you've got a strong image you can do that and that's a very effective way to get your message over so it's never about the amount of slides but really about what you're putting on the slide Yes. And just to give people some proof behind that, there's a brilliant book called Brain Rules by uh, John Medina. And in there, he talks about a study where they compared if an audience uh, took a look at a presentation where there was words and bullet points on a slide versus looking at images, how much did they remember? And for the people who saw images, they had a 550% increase in how much they could remember three days later. So it's very much worthwhile. This is not just about having pretty slides. This is worthwhile for making sure that you can drive your business forward. You can pitch successfully to clients. You can create a clear and compelling message for your team by using visuals in the way that they are meant to be used. And uh, it's very worthwhile as talking about, uh, this is something that you you have to think about all the time, Alina, about how you orient orientate people around the slide. So if you do have visuals, how do you make sure that people are looking in the right place and you're looking at them? So any thoughts about that? Yes, yeah, so of course, you know, when I'm in the room or when I'm forecasting the weather, I use these things to orientate the audience. And we might have a complicated slide. It might be, um, you know, we're looking at a synoptic chart and I'll say, but actually, I want you to look at this area of low pressure here. Um, but in, if we're communicating remotely, of course, you can't do that at all. So this is why we say to try and keep your slides simple. Use builds where, where possible. That might be a way to sort of bring your, your, your data and your ideas to life. Um, but that's when you need to start thinking about using annotation tools, which are very good in both Zoom and WebEx. Really nice way to get your audience engaged as well with what you're doing and get them involved. But use those annotation tools. If you have got a complicated slide, if it's not possible to make it simple or use strong images, then use those annotation tools to say to your audience, this is what I want to talk about. Because if you put up a complex slide and there's loads of things going on on Zoom or WebEx, it's very easy for your audience to start looking at something else that you're not talking about. 
And as, as mm. soon as you as soon as you do that, going back to Dr. John Medina's study, is, is that big bits of the information drop through. What it's like, Richard, is is when you are perhaps when you're reading a book um, or the newspaper or something online, and and your wife comes and talks to you, and you're nodding and going yeah 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 yeah, but actually you you're reading a bit and you're listening a bit, and you can't do both at the same time. And so mm. big bits of the information drop through. And that's exactly the same sort of thing that happens when you put up a busy slide and people's attention gets drawn to something else. So they're sort of mm. looking at something else and sort of listening to you and bits of the message get lost. So yeah. where possible in Zoom, WebEx, Skype, use those really cool annotation tools, gets the audience involved. And it also says, this is what I'm talking about right now. Yes, that's right. And to, to come back to that point where people said, well, how many slides do I therefore need? I think you're right to say, like, don't have it over overly busy on a slide. You can think about one key idea that's going to happen with each visual. And you don't need a visual for every idea that you talk about. But if you are going to have one, one key visual to, to express that idea so that people are very, very clear about what you're talking about because you're going to lose that engagement. Uh, we've had so many clients come to us and say, oh, our, t our teams are drained. We can't sit in front of a screen anymore. Really, what's the problem? Well, people are putting up bullet points and there's thousands of bullet points and there's words and there's someone talking to them, but they can't see that person because they've turned the camera off. Uh, so yeah, making sure that you've got one key visual, telling that clean and simple story, so there is, there's a flow and there's meaning behind uh, the information. Absolutely key. Uh, great. And, and as you said, you know, making sure that you're Batman and, and the slides don't take over. You're not just there to, to press the next slide onwards and be a narrator in the background. You are there still to deliver the message, whether you're using visual aids uh, or not. Okay, so, so let's maybe wrap this up with if somebody is going to do a presentation, a meeting, a pitch of some sort this week, they've listened to this and they're starting to panic, realizing that there might be something they need to change about this slide deck to engage. Uh, what would you suggest? Just a couple of first steps to be thinking about to apply this week to make sure that they radically increase the engagement. Yeah. So first of all, Richard, it's so important to start with the story that you have to start with that before we even think about the slides. But then when it comes to the slides, and uh, especially if you have limited creative control, if, if your boss said, you've got to do these slides, think, how, how could I just make this simpler? And often it's taking words off. So coming from the journalism perspective of my career at the BBC, it's how can you say the message in the most concise way? What's your headline? What's your summary? What's your expanded thought on this whole message? And start applying that to, to your slide deck So and the words. So get, get rid of unnecessary words, get rid of bullet points. Think to yourself, do I even need that slide? Could you just say to your audience, I want to tell you a story or just imagine this. So you don't always need to have a slide. What we do on our on our virtual communication courses, Richard, isn't it? We dip in and out. So we might show a slide and then we'll come out and have a conversation and it just keeps it engaging. So don't, again, don't feel that you have to hide behind your slide. So keep it simple. Get rid of the words. Remember that you are Batman and your visual aids are Robin.
Yes, and that that reminds me of a couple of events that I've done. Actually, while while we've been in the virtual world, where sometimes if you speak at a virtual conference, they say, "Sorry, you can't use slides. Uh, you're just going to need to talk to us." And I was doing one uh, just recently that had people from all sorts of different countries, very important people, big decision makers, and I wasn't able to rely on anything like that. So I just had to speak and and be me and use you know just some simple props that I had around me as visual aids uh, instead. So. So it's the message people care about. It's not the slide itself. Uh, although if you have a, a good image, a, a great visual that can really enhance the message, it isn't the message itself. Mm -hmm. uh, so good. Well, I think that uh, that's probably a, enough as a fast hit of inspiration for people on visual aids. Uh, of course, you know, if you've got more questions about this, just send them to us. We're more than happy to have a conversation with you about this. You can contact us on LinkedIn at UK Body Talk. You can come and find us online. Email us info at ukbodytalk.com. We're always happy to to speak to you about this, have a conversation, or hey, if you're on Instagram and you're, you're putting up pictures of your of your slides and you want to send them to us, we're more than happy to discuss things with you there. Uh, Instagram at UK Body Talk. But for now, we wish you all the best with this. It doesn't have to be that way of having terrible slides, terrible visuals that that you hate, that the audience hates, that is draining your ability to do your job well. So just remember, keep it simple. Find the engaging story, a visual that brings it to life, and uh, wish you all the best with putting that into action. So, Alina, thanks so much for joining me on the show once thanks, again. Thanks, Richard. And thanks to everybody for listening. And if you've got ideas for the following shows that we're going to be doing with our team, then please do send, this to, send those to us. We'd be more than happy to hear about them. For now, though, I hope you found this useful. Nice bit of inspiration around visual aids, and we'll see you on the next podcast. Thanks. Thanks.